Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. In today's show, we have an interview lined up with former Wichita State women's basketball coach, now an assistant at Southern Illinois, Jody Adams-Birch, who is the winningest women's coach in Wichita State history, leading them to three three straight Missouri Valley Conference titles, three straight NCAA tournament appearances, something that hadn't been done until she did it. So stay tuned to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast because that show is starting next. So grab your ticket, get on board. We're picking up passengers along the way. Transports Talk Podcast. Hello. Hi, Anthony. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing just fine. And I... Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Can you hear me fine? Yes. Good. 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 So I just want to go ahead and welcome you in right now on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. And I want my listening audience to know that we are talking with Jody Adams, now assistant coach at Southern Illinois, if I'm correct. Is that right? Uh, Yes. Okay. And the first thing I want to do is I want to ask you because I believe you played under Pat Summit at Tennessee. You coached under her. Mm-hmm. And I believe you had a coaching job at Wichita State University, was the winningest coach at Wichita State University. But you've had quite a journey. So tell us how your journey began. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the journey began after I graduated from the University of Tennessee and uh, stayed there for a fifth year as a student assistant. And at the time of graduation, um, I was trying to decide whether to go, um, you know, back into the high school, you know, setting and go back home. And then Pat presented, like always, she has a um, like all great coaches, she has a bigger vision of you than maybe you have of yourself. And she said, Jody, I just really see you, you know, as a college coach. And if you had the opportunity to do that, you know, would you like to do that? And where would you like to coach? Um, so I, I did think about it. And, uh, so, you know, I came back the next day and said, yes, you know, I'd love Love to do that, and um, my choice would be Auburn University. That did end up happening, and so that's where my coaching career began. After my student assistant and playing career at Tennessee was there at Auburn uh, University with Joe Champy. Okay, <clears throat> so what are some of the things that you carried with you? that you learned under Pat Summit because Pat Summit, I mean, when you said the name basketball, 
you know, people think about the legendary John Wood in UCLA. But then you also hear the name Pat Summit mentioned with some of the names because a lot of people and I'm a real advocate. I enjoy watching women's basketball. I'll even watch WNBA. And there's a lot of talk shows that won't even talk about women's basketball. But you cannot mention the name basketball without mentioning Pat Summit's name in it. And they even have the court named after her. What are some of the life lessons that Pat Summit taught that carried you to where you're at right now? Well, I think always is to be the best version of you each and every day. Um, I think, uh, that was number one it is to be authentically you and pat was authentically herself you know each and every day she did not try to be anybody but herself we saw transparency we saw vulnerability uh, with her even though she was a dynamic and amazing leader that i'm sure most of the time we're like okay does she ever break does she ever get tired um and she just truly looks so strong in life um, but that wasn't true. I mean, she was truly just pure and human and uh, doing her best each and every day. So I would say that to be it was to be the best version of you. And and I'll talk about this and, and the fact of being a coach today. Um, I learned that playing at Tennessee, we were all All-Americans. You know, we all had been great players at a high school and um, and she was bringing in together a very talented group. And so all of us everywhere that our coaches teaches, we're bringing a arena field. And I, I saw in her, her teaching, it was simple. It was keep it simple. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a lot. You just got to be really, really good at what we do as a team and so we would have a team who in a, a company and um and how she was going to build this and she was going to find a role to put you in where your gifts would shine and so i think that those two things i saw her day in and day out uh gifts and give tirelessly to mm-hmm. all of us, whether it was a personal need, it was a um, program need, it was a university need, it was a high school coach that needed her, it was a, her family that needed her. I saw her give this tirelessly. And I believe because she was such a great giver, uh, she received so much by being a great giver. So I saw her as a giver mm-hmm. and a life giver. Um, I think when you look, there's no one that is successful um, and, and yes, but uh, winning ball games, winning in life, with the amount of discipline 
that she had. Right. I mean, she she operated under discipline, and you know, we we live by the definite dozen um, as student athletes, and you know, talked a lot about that. But uh, so, I guess if I would say anything, it'd be those four things, you know, about her, you know. So now we kind of trans transitioning from your days of being up under Pat Summit to landing that head coaching job. You coached at Wichita State, I believe, for nine years. And upon departure, you were the winningest coach in Wichita State women's basketball history. Uh, three straight Missouri Valley Conference championships, uh, something that hasn't been done in quite some time since you, well, I don't think it's been done, period. You were the one that did that. You had some dynamic players. Uh, I'm still in contact with one of them, uh, Hannah Mortimer, uh, who actually had a stint with the Globe Trotter. She's now assistant uh -huh. at Butler County. Uh, you had Jessica Diamond. I'm in contact with her as well. Great ladies that you have molded into great citizens. So tell me about your time at Wichita State. Well, Wichita State, you know, I, I'm young coming in as far as being, you know, a head coach. It was really, I spent a year at Murray State, so I'd been, you know, assistant coach. I, I was there for 13 years and then hopped into uh, being a head coach for one year at Murray State. But, you know, traveling the way that we do, I'd always seen myself at Wichita State, hopefully one day being a head coach if the opportunity presented itself, just traveling through the Missouri Valley Conference. Like, I, I thought that that would be a, you know, a, a great spot to land. And, you know, a, a dream came true, and God blessed me with um, a wonderful uh, stint there from growing from a second year, you know, head coach and growing a program, you know, from the bottom of the, of the valley to the top and you know we all know that none of us can do anything with you know with significance in life and first and foremost for me you know without god mm -hmm. um you know and, and and secondly it uh without wonderful people around you mm -hmm. and and i did have that i had wonderful people around me that believed in the vision of how we were going to build a culture and recruit um, young ladies in that uh, represented, you know, high character. You know, they were talented and would represent the university, the city of Wichita. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, there was so much to be learned. Um, I think walking in and uh, <laughs> the biggest thing I kept reminding myself because I felt like all I knew was rock in 21st <laughs> in <laughs> my first two years at Wichita. I was like, you know, and, and there there's some lessons here because I, I did at times I felt like the exorcist, my head was just spinning as a, as a young head coach. There was a lot to do. You know, I wanted to do well. Uh, for, you know, obviously Dr. Beggs had hired me and um, I just, I love them. I love their character and, and Eric Sexton and uh, just the type of people 
that they were. I wanted to, to build something that they would be proud of. And more importantly, you know, the community would be proud of. But it goes back to the things that I mentioned, you know, um, about what I saw from Pat. And really before what I saw that from Pat, I saw this from my father that's a coach, my grandfather that's a coach. So growing up in a coaching family, you know, I just saw very authentic people that are that were very real and they were great at some things and they were not so good at other things. So the hiring process is always try to find people that can fill in. In your gaps, the first and foremost, be great developers, be mm-hmm. great communicators and relationship builders. And so, you know, as I walked through being a young uh, head coach into having some amazing young women um, come through the program, you know, our, our biggest thing is we started very simple. You know, we just want to outwork and we want to compete. Mm-hmm. And I never feared that we would we would not win in time. I, I never feared that. You know, I always wanted these young ladies, though, to be safe, protected. You know, often thought, okay, there's a responsibility here, you know, what they do in the community. And um, I wanted them to have it better than I did uh, at the University of Tennessee. And, you know, what you know now is is really, as a a teacher and a life's teacher, Mm -hmm. it's just walking with them. It's just walking with them. And, and basketball is a game of failure and recovery. Right. Much like, much like life, right? Right. So, um, you know, as a head coach and obviously, um, you know, broken and, and, and not perfect, I was too learning very young. And so, you know, as time passed, you know, you grow, you, you, um, I see myself as a life learner. You know, it's really hard to expect others to learn if you yourself, you know, don't want to continue to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just know being a life learner, I wanted to be able to influence and impact and, um, and, and be able to encourage others mm-hmm. that you can be the best version of you. You can, as long as you don't live in a comparing world. Right. Uh, no wonder. So, oh, go ahead. No, so, you know, that we really just, um, we worked hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got after it. I mean, basketball is basketball. Like I said, it's a failing sport. Pretty much calls you out. Lack of discipline, lack of detail, lack of communication. Um, you know, it just calls out some tough things sometimes. And, you know, it, it reveals your heart. Mm-hmm. And I've always seen it like that. Um, I think if I had letters that were written from Pat to me, you know, it doesn't talk about how many points I scored. It talked about my heart, my loyalty, and my love for people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we, we grew it, and, um, you know, I was very proud of the young women that came through there and spent the the time and you know uh, it's tough doing it's tough doing what they they did and what they accomplished right and um and the same thing with the staff 
and you're ded- dedicated to building and helping young women get prepared for life. Yes. And uh, a lot of that is looking at their own hearts. Absolutely. Like we have to, like we have to each and every day. Right. So now one of the things I want to get at, because we're living in a different time and era and seem like coaching styles now have to adapt to the kids of today. But before we really dive into that, because after Wichita State, your journey took a different path. And one of the things I want to say is I remember you meeting, I remember meeting you at my One Life event that was at on the campus of Newman University. So if I'm correct, after your Wichita State parted ways, you went to Derby High School, if I'm correct. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. And to those of us on the outside looking in, that would look like a step down. But hearing you talk, uh-huh. hearing you talk now, because you don't get to know a person until you hear them talk, hearing you talk, look like you took that as an opportunity to do what you do best. And the key word you said is teach and life lessons. So what was that experience life like? And how did it get you where you are today at Southern Illinois? Well, you know, I think, you know, just the whole experience of Wichita State, and if we really unpack that, and because there's a lot of self-discovery through that walk at Wichita State to the separation, um, you know, me really seeking to understand me and um, how I wanted to better myself and understand when am I at my best, you know, uh, when I'm not at my best even. And so you have to understand yourself. So it goes back to those hearts and how we're wired. So, you know, I, um, I had learned a lot about myself. I'd spent time studying with a sports psychologist that's been time just still with the Lord and just having him um, show me the truths and promises of exactly what he wanted me to see through this experience that I went through and a blessing that I went through at Wichita State. Mm -hmm. So without sitting with him, you know, I I knew I was not, I, I would not be able to see clearly really where he wanted me what he wanted me to um, grow uh, from different areas and, and really within my own heart and how, how it needed to continue to grow and grow closer to him, which it did. So, you know, I had a chance because I did sit with, um, sit and uh, connect um, my heart to truths and promises and, um, I had a wonderful friend in Jody Karsak uh, that uh, was just a, uh, just a great sister uh, to me at the time. And um, I was able to walk into some of the things that I had worked on and wanted to be better at. And Jody thought I'd do a, a, a good job for her and I was a good fit. And so I got to go in there and, and really connect. Uh, connect my heart to kids' hearts, help them understand their hearts and what their best are. And, you know, some things come very, very easy to us 
as coaches, you know, and I really wanted to master my craft uh, as an encourager mm-hmm. um, and the relationship building part of things because I do, I, I love people and I, I have so much, I uh, find so much joy in seeing them do well. And so, um, you know, just going in and that whole experience of spending time with those young gals and um, to top it off, to see them pull everything together and, and win a, a state championship um, from operating, a, you know, Jody's culture to, you know, how they played for each other on the court and uh, just to see it all come together, it was such a beautiful thing. And uh, it was, you know, it was, I would have to say one of the one of the highlights of my careers of coaching basketball and playing basketball, and that would include a national championship because that team was really special. Mm-hmm. There was only eleven of us that won that national championship team, and the culture there at Tennessee and the togetherness of that team. You know, I saw you see a lot of similarities in teams that win championships. So. Um, being there and, um, you know, just really able, able to be my authentic self and transparent. Like I've always walked earth. I've been really right and I've been really wrong. Um, you know, but uh, me loving to connect uh, to people's hearts and really want to empower them and use basketball as the vehicle to teach life. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little bit about themselves where, hey, you, if you will understand being a life learner is all, you know, pretty cool because you don't have to be great all the time. You'll understand that, you know, from a really early age, I don't have to be right. I will get out of my comfort zone knowing it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. And... um so just, you know, experiencing that and just seeing those kids, you know, get after it and do things that they had never done before and try new things. Just, uh, it was a blessing. Absolutely. Blessing. Absolutely. So now you're at Southern Illinois, back in the Valley, mm-hmm. familiar yes. territory, get to see some of the same places, some of the same gyms, and probably some of the same familiar faces at different stops. So what is the expectation at SIU and what knowledge are you passing on? Because I feel like this, this is me personally, you're an assistant now, but one of these days I feel you're going to be a head coach again. I'm pretty sure you've heard those <laughs> words, but I'm in your corner. I'm oh, rooting for well, you. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, I have to, I have to say, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, my husband, uh, Roy Birch, which is still in Wichita, Mm-hmm. Uh, that owns Birch Performance, you know, without him encouraging me uh, to come here and um, a great friend asking me and Cindy Stein, which is the head coach, to come here and, you know, to walk along beside her and be her associate head coach. Um, you know, I just really appreciate their support in doing that. Uh, because you, you, you do wonder, okay, you know, I know I'm a teacher. I know I'm an encourager. Um, I know I can go in and build up teams and, um, 
get them to pull together as groups. So you kind of, you know, when you get my age, you, you know your gifts and you also know your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So to be able to come here and, you know, I'm working along a veteran in the, in the game with, as you know, with Cindy Stein. And uh, so, you know, coming in, me just watching, you know, really the first year and being an encourager, just going wherever she needs me, you know, it's probably, probably what I did really the first two years. And, you know, she wanted feedback and wherever she needed feedback, I would give her feedback, but I just took whatever role um, I felt, you know, I was pulled into to try to help and just, you know, make, make it better with whatever it was. But from day one, I dove in to the kids that I would be working with day in and day out to where today I do, um, you know, I work with all of them on the court, you know, whether it's in groups, one-on-one, but I, I'm in charge of skill development and, um, you know, just assisting Cindy and whatever she needs me to do and, and everybody else, you know, we're in a time of, of helping everybody mm-hmm. from equipment managers to you name it, you know, there's nothing beneath, I know, me to, to get out there and do, but, um, you know, I got here. It's been a blessing. I'm going into my third year of, uh, you know, just really uh, watching a culture evolve. Uh, you know, Cindy was changing some things, and um, I've been, you know, studying along some uh, with a, a couple of coaches and talking about leadership and uh you know, building culture, not just having it written on the wall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from, for, for me, it's really important that I can take the student athlete from good to great through joy. Because joy is the greatest human motivator. Right. 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 I mean, just think about it, it gives me chills. So, you know, and I say that with a huge smile on my face. I could imagine. <laughs> You know, because relationships are so important. I love families. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love to go into other people's homes and recruit such a rainbow and uh, a beautiful picture of bringing all kinds of people together with all kinds of backgrounds and where they've come from, from hardships to, you know, blessings to you name it. But to also understand, and I think it's hard sometimes. You know, when you look at Patch Summit, you just see her as a coach with a lot of wins and a lot of championships. But that's where we're missing it. And that's where, you know, society is just really, you know, they see you as cover. And and that's tough. Mm -hmm. Because below that cover, there is a heart. Right. And, And that heart is what we teachers because I consider myself a teacher and an encourager is to get, you know, to the heart behind the jersey. And basketball is what we get to do. It, it, it's not, it does not define who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, the winning doesn't define me. It just has a whole lot to do in a body of work of a lot of people that extends beyond into the community of Wichita and how they embraced uh, the student athletes and um, having a mentor group 
because I knew I could not touch every kid's need. Mm-hmm. And I knew I would need help with that. And so, um, but it was really important walking into this situation. What I began to discover is emotional intelligence. Right. And where we are as a society. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where, my, where are you, you know, Jody Birch today? You know, with that. And, and how can you help these kids? Um, cause there's going to be events and once we have an event, there's going to be another event like it. How mm-hmm. did you respond? Right. And how you respond majority of the time is going to influence in some way the outcome. And so that's why we talk about our hearts. And those are some of the first conversations that I have with kids is about their hearts and mm-hmm. their desires of, you know, whatever's about your heart is about, it should shine on the court too. And it, has to shine during hard times right and trust me trust me it was the hardest thing to ever you know do when you go through such a tough time of not understanding things not being able to connect dots or um whether it's pain it's suffering whatever is to be able to forgive mm-hmm. to love again mm-hmm. right yeah. to look at yourself better yourself and move forward. And it's really important as a teacher, I consider myself a leader, a servant leader, Mm -hmm. that we handle those toughest situations and those toughest assignments, you know, really well. And, you know, just by the grace and the mercy of God just has given me strength to, um, to really um, see everything as a blessing. Absolutely. And I do I, I do operate in joy. I can't say it wasn't hard, but I'm just so grateful that I had somewhere to look to, and it wasn't a human mm-hmm. that would give me truth and promises. Truths and promises, and that's all I relied on, and then the gifts that I have. Absolutely. And and the friendships and the people that loved for me and loved me and cared for me and really had the best interest in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that were that were for you. There's so many people out there that are not for each other. How you know, how could we not be that way? And so how are young women still to a life of significance? Where identity, character, you know, self worth and values, those are, those all are talked about and, and it becomes something of conversation, you know, that we talk about those things. To their heart. I can't bring out the best and I can't get them to see what you know hey you're at your best when you do this when you focus here you stay in your lane and just you know do your job out here on the court basketball is pretty simple mm-hmm. we make it difficult right. because you know for me it goes back to how you communicate and how you connect so the ability just to transform a program to a big belief you know, um, you have to have big belief in life, right? Or you don't get back up. Right. Yep. You got to have uh, the truths and promises. 
Are, mm-hmm. are you just live in fear? And we know fear's a liar. Right. So, you know, just um, building big belief, you know, here at Southern, which I've tried to do wherever I've been. I think if you look probably at my, my road of travel, it's just been going into places and being able to, to help them. However, however long I'm blessed to help them. Right. One of the and, things. Yeah. Um, go ahead. One, one of the things I can say, and yes, we we've already started in on another segment. <laughs> uh, and uh, whatever time you need, you can have all the time you need today on here. Because uh, one of the things you know from observing you and listening, even as we're talking, one of the words that stick out is the word humble, humility, which basically means lowering oneself. And if there's a person I can say now, after talking to you for these last 30 plus minutes, is that you are the embodiment of humbleness. And you remind me of a scripture that says, humble yourselves in the sight of God and he will exalt you in due time. That's the scripture that comes to mind. I know I talk sports on this podcast and I'm talking to a coach, but there are times where sometimes we have to be transparent and that scripture just sticks out in listening at you talk because you are a person of humbleness and you mentioned another word, servant, servant, servanthood. So. Mm-hmm. And I do, I, I love to serve. I love to help. My husband would tell me that, you know, you'll help anybody. And if I could stop, <laughs> deliver the car and help everybody every time I could, you know, that's just, that's just big love. And I was just so blessed to see that at home. And, um, you know, a family that loves big and and loves everybody. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I humbly thank you because, <laughs> um, you know, I do know this, that walking through humility. And so when you've, you know, been put in a light of, you know, a source says this, a source says that about you. Is this right? Is this wrong or whatever? At the end of the day, all I ever know is my heart and my intent. And my intent is not to harm anyone. It's mm-hmm. to help everyone. You know, but being a truth teller and, um, you know, recognizing or maybe where I was I feared certain things like it was too hard for an individual. They weren't happy here or uh, instead of growing with that young person, you know, those were things that I had to figure out. And I know walking through humility and it was very, it it was difficult because automatically, you know, you want to BCD it, blame, complain and defend. And I just know, I just knew in time, you know, uh, what I did, you know, right, what I did wrong would come to light um, in the eyes that only matter to me, and and that's God's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very, very important. What people perceived, what, you know, they want to read into or look at wins and think I'm all about winning or anything like that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm about people. I love people. Mm-hmm. And, and I do do want them to have it better than we ever had it and want them to be more equipped 
when they leave of knowing about themselves because the game of basketball reveals a lot. Right. It's a fair, it's failing sport. It's a tough sport. Right. It's a failing sport. So, you know, and that's where this game is. You know, if we bring our grade every day, you bring your grade every day. Right, Anthony? Right. So-and-so brings their grade every day. Hey, we're going to, we're going to be a great team. Because we're living in our great, it's going to be more fun, right? We're working together. We take ownership that this is a system. It's not, I got mine. So the more that, you know, we focus on each other, hey, this is our culture. This is um, what we do versus I got mine. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do me. That's where we fail. That's very selfish. That's where we don't grow. So I know just, you know, rolling through this, the humility has brought me so much joy. And walking through it humbly and taking whatever came my way, even though it was painful, it was painful for, you know, my mom to see, to hear, my husband, uh, my friends, you know, but what it has brought us today, (laughs) you know, it's just amazing. It just, you know, it just really is. And. Like I said, I, I just, I love my time in Wichita. I call it home. Right. And, you know, I really do. And I'm a, go ahead. And I'll, and I'll say this. When I heard that Wichita State had hired you, I'm, I'm one, I like to see where they came from. So when I seen that you were a player at Tennessee and you coached under Pat Summit, I said, oh, that's a good hire. So I was happy upon the hiring. But I was also kind of broken up on the departure because, like you say, people will perceive what they want to perceive. They'll basically they'll believe what they want to believe, not knowing full scoop, the full scope of, of everything. And uh, it's amazing how media can play on people's mind, and like you say, people will believe what they want to believe. But I was actually broken because I'm like. This is the winningest coach that y'all had in y'all's history, and this is how it's ending, and it's going to take forever for it to rebound because, I mean, if I'm correct, you came after Daryl Smith. Is that right? I came in after Jane Albright. Okay, Jane Albright. So there was that time between because Daryl was one of the guys we always referred to him as the man in black because every time you see him at the game, (laughs) he was always in black. You always seen this intensity on the court, but as soon as that clock struck zero, win, lose, or draw, he was all smiles, ready to shake hands with the fans, you know, appreciative of the fans that came out there. And then he was let go, then Albright. And I'm like, okay, this ain't working. And like I say, when you came in, I seen who you came from. I said, oh, that's good stock. They're going to get the program back. And like I said, your, your record speaks for itself. You put in the time, and like I said, you have some women to this day that still speak highly of you, which means you have left your mark, you have left your footprints on people's heart, and wherever you go, I know you're going to leave your mark wherever you go, and people are going to know they met Jody Adams. Well, you know, thank you. We all know that, you know, our legacy is how... um, we we walk our walk every day, and um, you 
just wanted, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect, and, and I haven't been perfect. Sure, you know, I was, you know, got it together, but I got a chance at Derby. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my next chance, and so blessed by it. And so, um, you know, I was just so grateful for that, the offer, and to, to walk beside Jody, which is, you know, a, a dear friend of mine today, which is kind of just interesting. It's just been one, you know, a door um, after another door that has been open for me mm-hmm. um, through all of this. And so, you know, I love going in and helping and if I can do anything is connect with a kid and help them just walk through a tough life and this tough time right now. And, um, you know, cause we do have choices, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we do. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just very grateful to the people that I've been around and that have just, you know, cheered me on oh. and been there to, to support me. And it's been just, great to be in the role that I've been in and be able to uh, support others. So and here's it's, a, been a, it's been a blessing. And, right. and here's a question I want to ask you. I'm going to let this be my last question. Uh, we see there's a change in the kids today. And I have a, my theory is this, as the coaches are getting older, the recruits that they're bringing in are getting younger. So looking at today's culture, because all right, I'm going to say these names, John Wooden, Pat Summit, Bobby Knight, uh, John Chaney, uh, the one that just recently passed away not too long ago, uh, John Thompson. And the reason I say these names, these coaches were, the demanding type. They want the best from you. And the best way to say it, maybe their coaching styles weren't for everybody, but have we gotten away from that coaching style? Because it seemed like we have kids coming in today. Like you said, when you came in, everybody was came from great high schools. They were all winners. They were stars at their uh, schools. But now it seems like these kids today, they come in and they want the treatment of a king but haven't really earned it so what would you tell coaches and how to adjust to kids today or is there adjustment part on both sides what would your advice be well i think the thing that all kids today that that they had when i played you know i mean john wooden I mean, look at Coach Hamilton from Florida State or Coach K from Duke. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that are still coaching. It's again, we all have hearts. So, are we coaching more X's and O's? That's probably where you know we're wrong. We got to coach more hearts, and the more that we can coach hearts, and we can get you know help kids understand there's going to be events always it's going to be how we respond you know and we can't blame and complain and defend you know we've got to uh, be able to take responsibility of our actions and 
I just got to walk with, we got to walk with these young kids. They want discipline, you know, but just like all of us, they also want encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you want to be a great basketball player, you know, you're going to have to be in great shape. So basketball is a sport that he doesn't like to work hard. Right. Right. So, you know, it, it's really not about team and you're more about ah, it's really hard on you mm-hmm. because you, you got to have team play and the best teams are the teams that win they got they got a they got a team that has the, you know the heart of a line they got the glue player they got the engine so they just fit together they they stay in their lane but it's all about the culture that they're about you know, are, are we, are we servanthood? Are we about serving each other? Because how we treat each other says a lot about how we're going to treat each other on the court. So, you know, and like I said, those things become very, very real and vivid in the game of basketball. You yeah. cannot hide if you're going to be selfish. Right. You know, you just can't. So I would say, sh- and the only thing that you know you just really want them to understand is is just being aware of themselves and their heart and when they figure out their own heart and you help them walk you know through some and what's their purpose in life and what are their gifts I mean it's just amazing just how much they want to come back for more Mm-hmm. You know, and they love the they love the game, even though it is calling them out. Then they find themselves laughing at themselves, you know. And they did fail. Oh, you're right. You know, I got out of my lane. I was in so and so's lane. You know, you're right. I three instead of trying to finish at the rim on six two that can dunk. Right. You know, so it's uh, it's just fun to watch. And I was one of those kids. I was like, you know, Pat is so right. I need. Mean, I'm pulling and passing. I didn't really fit in the lane at 5-4 in the SEC. So it just goes back to, you know, as a teacher, how you view life and how you view kids and how you you helping them and seeing their best and making sure that they know what their best is and that they're not comparing to someone else. So I think anybody can figure that out. Absolutely. And, you know, but the thing is, if your heart is not wired like that, you will struggle as a coach. There's things that I struggled with as a coach, even though there you see a lot of winning. That's not important to me. It's more of the, are they, what are they doing today? You know, what kind of moms are they? What kind of partners are they in life? So do, do we have a failure recovery response or, you know, are we out there? blaming everybody is it you know the head coach's fault or is it my boss's fault that's not what we want to graduate you know from southern illinois Mm -hmm. we want young women that are going to take responsibility for their and accountability for their actions right and so i i think it does take time you know for those that haven't that can't really figure it out or maybe struggling with it um 
But when you sit and you connect with people that are doing it and doing it well, um, one of the ones that uh, that I really enjoy, um, you know, was Jody Karzak. You know, I really, I really love watching and learning from her. Um, you know, the John Woodens, you know, he was just really huge on principle. He was a man of principle. Uh, so some different people that just been, um, it's been great to follow and watch and learn from him and kind of redevelop, you know, you know, your communication style and, and how you lead these young guys, to, you know, in life today. But that doesn't mean you can't have a disciplined program or you can't win ball games or you can't have expectations, you know, from kids. They, they want that. Mm-hmm. They really want that. They want to do well. And, um, but at the end of the day, it's also okay if we're not perfect. Right. We'll take, we'll take, we'll take progress over perfection every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ms. Jody Adams, I want to say I am honored and blessed to have you join me on my podcast and i'm just going to do it like this you have an open invitation anytime <laughs> you want to come on you don't have to wait well, for me to call you, just say hey i want to come on again and we'll work that time out and you are welcome anytime because you have so much to offer that i think people need to hear so like i said you have an open invitation i want to say Good luck and God's blessings on y'all's season this year. I will be keeping my eye on the SIU Salukis. See, I still remember that. I still remember that name. That's right. So that's right. I'll be putting them on my watch list and see what they do. So best of luck and keep on doing what you're doing. As the old folks used to tell me, just keep on keeping on until God say, "Well done." (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, will do, and um, and you keep being a light out there. So I appreciate you having me on. It's such a pleasure and a blessing to be a part. All right, thank you very much. Thank. Once again, that was Jody Adams Birch. She's now an assistant coach at Southern Illinois University, a member of the Missouri Valley Conference. So she's back in familiar territory and as I alluded in the interview that for Wichita State the Derby to those of us on the outside looking in that's a step down but to her it was an opportunity to do what she does and that's continue to teach these young ladies beyond basketball but about life's lessons one of my honorable and blessed moments was the this is my one life event, which was put on, I do believe, by uh, Scott and Shannon Styles. You can't say one without the other. And I'm gonna get Scott on here one day soon. But that event had some keynote speakers. Uh, the highlight speaker was Lou Holtz. Had a chance to meet him too. But to hear people like Jody Adams coach Potter formerly of Newman University you know people that we knew personally that, that was from around here and granted Jody Adams is not a local but she put her time in Wichita State and basically left her legacy here 
to hear her speak, to hear Mark Potter speak, and maybe I'll get him on someday too. And the fact that she's the embodiment of humbleness and humility, like I said, she reminds me of the biblical scripture that says, humble yourselves in the sight of God, and in due time he will lift you up. And I believe that she's about to be exalted and lifted up to new heights. And she is that light that shining that men may see her good works, but that God will get the glory. And on that note, I am going to pause here and slide in a break from my sponsor. So stay tuned to the A Train Sports Talk podcast. This is your conductor. Anthony Smith. Welcome back to my final segment. This will be my college football update. And we had some games yesterday that were played. We had some games that were all that were also canceled. And once again, I want to thank my special guest, my friend, Jordy Adams Birch, for joining me. Today's show could not have been what it has been, had not been for Jordy Adams Birch being on here. She she just reminds me so much, knowing that she's a woman of faith and she's not afraid to display it. She reminds me so much of what it says in the book of Matthew 15. Chapter 16, verse, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And she's doing plenty of good works, impacting lives, but that's not the end. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And I believe God the Father in heaven is getting glory because of the impact that Jody Adams Birch is leaving on people. So once again, I want to thank her for being on my podcast today. So now, my last segment, I will get you up to date on the happenings from college football games from yesterday. I'm seeing something, and we'll get back to this, but... Is showing chances to reach college football playoff. And it's showing four teams that have a chance. I'm not going to get into the percentage. I'm just, it's just showing me four teams Ohio State, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Indiana. We'll get back to that. But let me give you the scores from games yesterday, possibly some highlights as well, too. Game of interest, how would Notre Dame respond after coming off of an emotional victory last week as this game was held as the Holy War? Between Boston College and Notre Dame. Would Notre Dame suffer a setback 
or would they handle their business? And Lindsey are speed guys. They haven't been able to go much. Corner throw up for grabs for Skoranek. He caught it even with a flag down and with Brandon Sebastian all over him. An apparent Notre Dame touchdown was really impressive. Great concentration. You could see Sebastian didn't know where the ball was. Never. Second and goal from the 13. Book was in trouble, got away again. Finds his man Skoranek for a touchdown. Looking right, it's not there. So he moves, he extends the play, and then he finds Skoranek on the opposite side of the formation. Tyron Williams, the running back. Notre Dame can't have a play end in the field. Oh, to the corner of the end zone for Skoranek again, and he hangs on for his third touchdown of the half. Body, throw it up. Skoranek in the slot, running to the corner. Put it up in the air. Let the big guy go catch it. Had separation. He's not concerned. This can't be Ian Bixby. We have to come back and win this game. And Ian told us, don't worry about it. We are going to come back and win the game. He was the biggest reason why. He's into the end zone again. So this is good defense, but it's not great discipline on the pass rush. And he sees some opening, and he uses that little burst, that little acceleration. And there you have highlights from Notre Dame's 45-31 to 31 victory over B.C., Boston College, in the game being held as the Holy War. So that means Notre Dame remains undefeated as of now. Still ranked number two in the polls. Next game, had number six, Florida Gators going up against the Razorbacks from Arkansas. Well, let me give you the top performers in the Notre Dame-Boston College game. Ian Book, Notre Dame, 20 of 27 passing for 283 yards, three touchdowns. Top rusher, Ian Book, 10 carries, 85 yards, one touchdown. Top receiver, Jalen Gill, Boston College, five receptions, 105 yards. That leads us to our next game. Number six, Florida against the Arkansas Razorbacks. And it seemed like it's all about Kyle Trask. And the numbers that he is putting up. As a matter of fact, the Gators did something. Breaking out those old orange unis looking pretty spiffy in those uniforms. But the team that's predicted to be at the bottom of the SEC, Arkansas has actually been playing some pretty decent football. So how did their game with Florida turn out? Let's find out. Win this football game, Jonathan Marshall had to dominate the line of scrimmage. Great play right there. 
Hits. Grimes. Finds a lane. Finds the end zone. That's a touchdown for the Gators. Big quarterback power. Just ran it on fourth down. Kick the ball out to Grimes. Get your big offensive lineman DeLance out throwing a lead block. It's a passing situation here on third down. Trask. Bullets one over the middle. It's a blown coverage. And a walk-in touchdown for Trayvon Grimes. The second time he has found pay dirt here in the first half. It's Grimes at the bottom. And this is Hudson Clark. They're playing an in-and-out coverage. Those two corners at the bottom. You get the in, you get the out. The miscommunication by those secondary players between hit, but just the ability to have composure, gather yourself, and make that play. Awesome. A pump fake. Trash takes a shot to the end zone. Climbing the ladder. Justin Shorter. That's a Gators touchdown. What a catch by Shorter. Fully extended. Left foot with the right foot down. Ball never moves. The six foot five frame shows off. Look at that. That's fully, he's got to be eight, eight and a half feet in air right there. Full speed. Now he's owning the line of scrimmage again, right? What run play do we want to get into? What play action ball do we want? Play action again. Looking downfield again. Taking a shot to the end zone. Again. Jacob Cutler. Touchdown. Half again. Again with the timeouts. Here comes a blitz. Trask floats one into the end zone. Just in the back corner, it's hauled in by Zipperer for another Florida touchdown. Watch Trask just drift. Know somebody's going to come unblocked and then throw the ball to space where only Zipperer can go get it before he's even. So there you have it. Arkansas, thanks for showing up. Arkansas, thank you for scoring 35 points. But it just wasn't enough. As we see, Florida Gators chomped the tail off the Razorback by the score of 63 to 35. Kyle Trask Leading pass of 23 of 29 for 356 yards, six touchdowns. Has such a talented receiving core. Top rusher, Traylon Smith, Arkansas, eight carries, 118 yards, one touchdown. Top receiver, Mike Woods, Arkansas. Unbelievable. Two receptions, 129 yards, two TDs. There we go. Miami versus Virginia Tech. Miami, number nine ranked. Miami comes away with the 25-24 victory. De'Eric King, Miami, 24-38, 255 yards, one TD. Top rusher, Cameron Harris, Miami, 14 carries, 63 yards, one TD. Top receiver, D. Wiggins, Miami, eight receptions, 406 yards. As we move through this top 25, number 10, Indiana pitches a shutout against Michigan State by the score of 24 to 0. 
Michael Penix Jr., top passer, 25 of 38 for 320 yards, two TDs. Stevie Scott III, Indiana, top rusher, 23 carries, 84 yards, one TD. Top receiver, Ty Freifogel, 11 receptions, 200 yards, two TDs. Number 11, Oregon, the Ducks, took on Washington State. They come out 2-0 now as they knocked off the Cougars, 43-29. Jaden DeLore, Washington State, 25-39 for 329 yards, two TDs. Top rusher, C.J. Riddell of Oregon, 18 carries, 118 yards, one TD. And top receiver, Renard Bell of Washington State University, 10 receptions. 158 yards, one TD. And now, what is going on with the Wolverines? I'm pretty sure the Wolves are howling now. Because this is totally unacceptable. Number 13, Wisconsin Badgers. Gnawed on the Wolverines. Mauled them, basically. By the score of 49 to 11. I come to tell you, this was not a pretty sight. As they say, this is not for the faint at heart if you are a Wolverines fan. Now you have to wonder if Jim Harbaugh's heart is really into it. And if he's actually really ready to get out of Ann Arbor. It remains to be seen. But these were not no pretty highlights, as we will see here. It's a cut, leans, and scores! Jumbo package for the Badgers from the one on first down. Watson, they fake it to him, they just slide it out. Mason, stocky, that was easy. Play of the second quarter, Badgers knocking on the door. Oh, two touchdowns for Stocky. First and goal. Fryer, I think it to him, and Watson just picks his way and just waltzes in, standing up. For Lyman with the Badgers, five total coaches are alums on this this town. Merch for the end zone. Touchdown. They find Jake Ferguson. His in Durant again. Davis slipped as he made the cut. Didn't matter. Stayed on his feet long enough to score. And there you have it. I know Halloween was last month, but that was a massacre in Ann Arbor. Wisconsin basically went into the big house. And said, we own the keys. The kid from Kansas, Overland Park, Kansas, quarterback for Wisconsin, Graham Mertz, 12 of 22, 127 yards, two TDs. Top rusher, Jalen Berger, Wisconsin, 15 carries, 87 yards, one touchdown. Top receiver, the only glimmer of hope, Ronnie Bell, Michigan, four receptions, 56 yards. And on the 50th year anniversary of the plane crash, Undefeated number 16th ranked Marshall comes out with a 42-14 victory 
over Middle Tennessee. Top performers in that game, Grant Wells, Marshall, 25 of 37 for 336 yards, 5 TDs. Top rusher, Brendan Knotts, Marshall, 16 carries, 70 yards. Top receiver, Willie Johnson, Marshall, 8 receptions, 137 yards. And we move on to upset alert. Upset alert. Yes, upset alert. As number 19, SMU, 72, waltzes in to Tulsa, 4 and 1. All Tulsa does is come out with a 28 to 24 victory over the then 19th ranked SMU ponies. Top performers, Zach Smith, Tulsa, 26 of 38 for 325 yards passing, 3 TDs. Top rusher, Ulysses Bentley, the fourth, SMU, 26 carries, 103 yards, 1 TD. Top receiver, Keelon Stokes from Tulsa, 8 receptions, 122 yards. Marked the last game of the season in the AAC between Tulsa and Cincinnati. That game could have some serious ramifications. Tulsa could be a roadblock between Cincinnati and a possible berth in the college football playoff. So we will keep an eye on that situation. However, if if the pollsters find Tulsa worthy of a ranking, that could do nothing but help bolster Cincinnati should they knock off Tulsa. So, we will definitely keep an eye on that. As a matter of fact, we actually have some highlights from the Tulsa SMU game. So let's just go ahead and pull that up right now. Riley by putting their battering ram in on the short yardage situation. Bouchel, intercepted, Zavin Collins seals it for Tulsa. This kid is a potential first-round pick, and he does it all. He can sack the quarterback, TFLs. He's 15 yards downfield, but he can cover. That's his third interception of the season. And there you have a key highlight moment, an interception that sealed the victory for the Golden Hurricane of Tulsa, which helped them pull off the upset. I'm pretty sure when we take a look at the polls, don't be surprised to see Tulsa coming in at least number 25 in the polls. So we move right along here and once again, a team I'm not putting too much stock in 
until they show me something. Once again, they had to fight and claw for their victory. As this the second straight week, USC has played someone from Arizona. Last week it was Arizona State. This week is Arizona. USC comes up with a 34-30 victory over Arizona. Uh, top performers in that game, Keenan Slovis, USC, 30-43 for 325 yards, one TD. Top rusher, Gary Brightwell, Arizona, 21 carries, 112 yards. Top receiver, Amon Ray St. Brown, USC, seven receptions, 113 yards. How about those Liberty Flames? Number 22 ranked Liberty. All they do is win, knocking off Western Carolina, 58-14. Top performers, Malik Willis, Liberty, 14-19, 306-yard, 3TDs. Top rusher, Malik Willis, 8 carries, 97 yards, 2TDs. Top receiver, Kevin Shea, Liberty, 2 receptions, 137 yards, 1TD. How about another undefeated and ranked team coming up out of Big Ten? Number 23, Northwestern. Now 4-0. Knocks off Purdue 2-1. 27-20. Top performers. Aiden O'Connell, Purdue. 20-51. 263 yards. Two TDs passing. Top rusher, Isaiah Bowser, Northwestern. 13 carries, 27 yards. Top receiver, Xander Horvath of Purdue, nine receptions, 100 yards. And rounding out the top 25, number 25, Louisiana, the Raging Cajun. Slams South Alabama, 38-10. Top performers in that game, Levi Lewis of Louisiana, 21 of 31 for 252 yards, three TDs. Top rusher, Chris Smith, Louisiana, seven carries, 99 yards, one TD. And the top receiver, Jalen Tobert from University of South Alabama, five receptions, 64 yards. Number one, Alabama against LSU. That game was postponed due to COVID reasons. Also canceled was number three, Ohio State against Maryland. Of course, that now sets up their game next week, gives them extra time to prepare for their big showdown with number 10, Indiana. Who thought we'd be saying that? Also postponed, number five, Texas A&M against Tennessee. Number 12, Georgia against Missouri, postponed also. Number 15, Coastal Carolina against Troy was postponed. Number 24, Auburn versus Mississippi State, postponed. So there you have the games that were postponed, and we don't know nothing of a makeup date as of now. So what we're going to do before we conclude here, we're going to give you a rundown of how the top 25 is looking. And this week, even though their game was postponed, Alabama is still holding firm at number one. This is, bear in mind, this is the AP Top 25, the Associated Press. Uh, number two, 
number Notre Dame, number three, Ohio State, number four, Clemson, number five, Texas A&M, number six, Florida, Holden State at number seven, Cincinnati. Coming up at number eight, well, Holden State at number eight is BYU. Up one spot from number 10 is Indiana. Coming in at the 10th spot, up three spots, Wisconsin. Number 11 is Oregon. Coming in at number 12, Miami. They actually slipped, even though they had a victory. Also down one spot, Georgia. Holding steady at 14, Oklahoma State. Number 15, Marshall. Number 16, Coastal Carolina. Number 17, Iowa State. Number 18, OU, Oklahoma Sooners. Number 19, this is up four spots, Northwestern. Coming in number 20 and still holding, USC. Up one spot number number at number 21, Liberty. Down one spot, number 22, Texas. Coming in number 23, up one spot is Auburn. Also coming in number 24, up one spot, Louisiana. And there is my predictor right there. After not being ranked, coming in at, at 4-1, and one, number 25, those golden hurricanes from Tulsa. I told you there was another team in the state of Oklahoma that played football, so the Associated Press seemed fit to have them ranked 25. What if the coaches have them like that? We'll, we'll find out. Number one through four is still the same as the AP. The coaches all agree on Associated Press, so it's Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. The number five spot is Florida. Number six, Texas A&M. So they swapped. Coming in and holding state at seven, eight, seven and eight is Cincinnati and BYU, respectively. However, the coaches are giving Miami some love, having them at the number nine spot. Number 10 spot, Indiana. Number 11, Georgia. Number 12, Wisconsin. 13 is Oregon. Number 14, Oklahoma State. Number 15, we are Marshall. Number 16, Iowa State. Number 17, Oklahoma. Coming in number 18, Coastal Carolina. Coming in number 19, up one spot, USC. Coming in number 20, up three spots, Northwestern. Number 21, Auburn. Number 22, Liberty. Number 23, Texas. Number 24, North Carolina. And number 25, those raging Cajuns from Louisiana. So there you have the AP and coaches top 25. This has been another edition of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Thank you for joining me. And I'll be back on Monday to give you the recap of the NFL. But until next time, keep your tickets handy because this train will let you back on because we're picking up passengers along the way. So this has been another episode of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next time.